Pause, yeah, pause. Yeah. Yeah, just make sure you're just, uh, speaking from your throat. Whoa. I mean, not from your throat, from your Whoa. stomach, from your chest. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. No, I don't know how to do that. He does not do all that. But, man, I didn't. actually don't even know if that even makes any sense, but it just voice. seems. To, I'm it's pretty sour. sure I've heard, yeah, I've heard people say that you just talk from your stomach, just talk from your chest instead of your throat, so that you can get a deeper sound. You say that all the time. Do I? Yeah, you do. I don't remember you saying that shit. But anyways, that that um, that spot on the Watkins is really nice. I like it, but it it has it has like like for example, these tables are pretty lame. These are janky tables compared to the one that they yeah, have. Some, yeah. This is like, this is one of the tables where like. Some like big decisions have been made across this table. That's exactly what it feels like. There is a way, and it's interesting. It's I feel, to it. By the way, we're live, folks. Yeah, yeah. Preston's in the building. Hey. Preston Waltrip. What is? I don't even have a nickname for you. Preston the Jetson. You do though. Yeah. What is it's just it? It's not yours. I don't want to say it because I don't like it. Who have I said it before? Everyone on the team says it all the time. Oh, Rooney. You don't look like Rooney. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think. I'm not quite as ugly as him. I think. Is the Damn. <laughs> you hear that, Rooney? Rooney said he gonna fuck you up when he see you. Wayne Rooney, kind of, kind of, I can see it, I can see it. No, it, I think it has mostly to do with your playing style. Yeah, uh, Preston is a baller, actually. Preston is actually a baller. He's pretty good. You play football? Soccer? Yeah. Yep. For real? What yeah. position? Uh, midfield, kind yeah. of. I should say attacking I like midfield. Striker, but okay, yeah, everybody likes to be Michael Jordan. Yeah. Everybody can't be Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, technically, yeah. That's yeah. I would say I would say deep striker, or like, a, like yeah. number nine, false nine. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good spot. That's a good position. Quite, I was just quite. thinking about this the other day. Soccer is near, is actually like the perfect sport to me. I feel like, in terms of the numbers and mm-hmm. the dynamic and the flow of the game, yeah. it's like a perfect game. It almost feels like sacred geometry because there are triangles that are created like naturally throughout all, all throughout the field. But maybe basketball. Sports Center does look like sacred geometry when they're doing a recap when all the balls go in. It looks like sacred geometry. But uh, I don't know the lines and all that. I could see that. And just how you, everything has to be properly executed right, velocity, power, strength, all that equates into the you know the whole situation of scoring. Like how you hit the ball, how you kick the ball, you know what I mean? And it's very orgasmic. There's definitely a geometry or math aspect to it. It's very orgasmic. Yeah, yeah it's like really- I don't know about all that, man. I don't know about all that. Busting nuts. too. Like, it's all always like hanging by a thread. There's never yeah. like- Yeah. Mm. It's not like, see like, I mean, I like other sports, but like, so like in football, for example, you trade you trade possession, rather. So like it, but in soccer, anybody could. Score. It's more definitive. You know, two seconds, yeah, exactly. Either team is two two or three seconds away from scoring. Right, um, and that's how quickly it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I hadn't thought about that. How the the possession is traded definitively. Yeah. Interesting. Preston is already blowing our minds. Okay, so this is episode thirty, I believe. Is it three zero? For yeah, real, we made it to thirty. Three. I ain't get killed in Chicago. Nothing. We good. We Gucci we, stuff. Yeah. We're going to fire off some of the sponsors real quick. I offered, to, number one, Alpha Brain Vitamins. Alpha, yeah. I vitamins for your brain. Man, you already know what it is, Alpha Brain, you know, how he had an addiction. And he just recently, a couple months ago, he kicked it. And I'm glad because, you know, he you know he walked to the room with a bunch of people sitting around. And, uh, you know, we just had to have a conversation with him. Yeah, and all our heads were huge because we were just coming up with shit. And the reason why we were in that room is because we were just so annoyed with the insanity of these dumbass people. And that's what we were in there for. Mm-hmm. We, it, was a, it was called Intelligence Anonymous. It was called Intervention. But, I mean, hey, that's what, how you want to call it. That's what you want to call it. But he got, he, 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 those six down. <laughs> now he's about two pills a day. So, shout out to Alpha Brain, man, for, you know, keeping your brain on tack. Keeping, vitamins for your brain, guys. Keeping, you know, vitamins for your brain, baby. Vitamins for your brain. Um, second sponsor, Preston. I think you might actually like and enjoy the sponsor, um, Renaissance Bookshop. Have you heard of it? No. 
Dude, you should definitely check it out. It's downtown. It's off of Magnolia. A little way from RCC. Maybe down the street. It's like down the street from RCC. Maybe like a mile from RCC. It's on Elizabeth Street, Renaissance Bookshop. The guy Gene Beckerman runs it. He's got, he looks, I always think he looks like a Led Zeppelin gremlin. He's got a ponytail and he's yeah. got like a really raspy, Did soft go voice. Did you that? I, it doesn't matter because the guy owns it, so he doesn't even need to. Okay, all right. He just got a bunch he's of not books. worried about paying rent. The guy, there's books stacked to the ceiling. He knows every book that is in that building. He knows mm-hmm. where what they are and where they're what they're about, and he and he can tell you where they are. And he can order. He orders if they don't have a book in the house, they'll order for you. I, I don't know if he has a message to the black man by Elijah Muhammad. Yet. He'll order for you. He'd be like, "What is that? Okay, I'll order it for you." Blah blah blah. He's a great guy. I think he's a libertarian. All right. Hanging around in Santa Monica. In the 60s and 70s, Jim Morrison. Yeah, he's right. fried out of his mind. I'll fuck with it. I think he's going to die soon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I hope not, Gene. Don't listen to him, man. Eat your vegetables, drink your alkaline water. You'll be all right, Gene. Don't, like I said, you'll be all right. But, but I go in there often, Gene, and you know that I'm worth putting on the will. Okay, yeah. and, I, and I would like the bookshop. I would like the bookshop. But it's yeah. called Renaissance Bookshop. Check it out. Yep. They got great books. Yeah, yeah. And the third, uh, uh, last but not least, is Joey Diaz in the church. What's happening now? Where church. the turkeys learn how to be eagles. Yeah, I got one to start. Yeah, no G. Got the Joey Diaz for It's a party either way, man. We in the three zeros on. 30 zone, baby. I know. We're Preston. Preston. PhD student. No, not even. Uh, are you? Yeah, he's in this game, homie. And not a player head degree. That's a real PhD. Exactly. So probably is Get it.
Who are you reading? We're what talking the, about. Okay, actually, okay. Hold on now. What, yeah, who is this guy? Is this somebody? Yeah, there's gonna be plenty of stuff. But uh, I actually want to get. We were talking about this before the podcast. We were talking about. I was reminding you about what you said about when you were in Rome and you guys were taking this class on architecture and how power is felt in architecture, specifically like the way buildings are designed and the intent behind them that they subconsciously like. Yeah, when there's like weird, there's like weird political situations with it too. Like uh, we went to, so this is like a weird story. Like we went to, we went to this uh, like coffee shop slash like pizza shop yeah. in uh in rome mm. and we were like reading the menu and on the back of the menu it said that the wall that like a quarter of the coffee shop was made up of mm. was pompey's theater which which was like just like wacky it's like one of the wacky things about rome is they'd be just like sitting somewhere and then like the wall in the coffee shop will be like this ancient building that's like famous um wow. but like pompey's theater is one of those where like um it, so like at the time that he was so he was in do you know Pompey he was like in competition with Mark Antony and mm-hmm. so wait, wait I know no, Pompey no. I don't know Pompey. no no hold on Pompey. I don't know I don't know P O M P E Y yeah okay. he was like they were they were called like the triumvirate or something like that like there's the three mm. of them and they were all they were like allies but then they started like backstabbing each other basically mm. this is real people yeah, yeah Julius Caesar Pompey oh, this Mark, is great Mark Antony. yeah <laughs> I love this okay and Pompey. So theater was sort of like outlawed in in the Roman like city limits. And, why? Um, I actually don't know exactly why. It had something to do with um, it had something to do with just the way that it was like used to sort of like stir up like. Populace. Oh, because it's propaganda. Yeah. Oh, um, that's where you get the word. But, from but I'm sure there's a more much more complex reason right. for it. But it was like outlawed in the city limits. So he built this theater, mm. but he claimed that it was um, the he claimed that it was the this place for like the uh like what you call like a temple i guess like Mm -hmm. it was for it was for um it was it was so that you did like rituals and stuff in it Mm. but that was all a front so that he could like have play he could put on plays okay and he would put on plays in order to like get the people on his side so that's gangster so that when he decided he wanted to like backstab caesar he could have like all these people on his side okay okay Um, so that's basically what that's like architecture was they were they did that kind of shit with it damn Um, that's deep but wait wait they did this with architecture yeah they did that i mean they did that you know architecture had this sort of like civil importance that's just one example of of the kind of thing that they did but Mm. um but pompey ended up getting killed um he he had his his reign for a second though he never became the king so we tried, though. We tried. Or whatever, yeah. Dude, this is crazy to me, because, okay, because, like, back then, I, I mean, obviously, we all try and, like, imagine, like, what, like, what was life back then? And life without internet or TV or music, I feel like everything was so much more real. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, because you didn't have the distractions, though. Yeah, exactly. You know, it weren't, there weren't Facebook, it wasn't on Instagram, Facebook, all you had was nature and your brothers and sisters and the, your, your people in your village and all that. There wasn't no other distractions. But then also, like, influence from, like, the subconscious or, like... Oh, yourself. Hallucination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was more powerful as well. Yeah. The bad thing, though, is I think you didn't really have access. Like, if you weren't literate, you didn't really have access to, like, any sort of diversity of knowledge or information. So you pretty much mm. just had to accept whatever you were told. Right. Which, so that was kind of... That was why those that was why those regimes... Probably one of the reasons those regimes were able to do some of the things they were able to do. Mm. Um, That's so ironic to today, too. I mean, the same thing goes on today. People think they got so many choices, but in actuality, there's all, there's not, there's like it's being controlled by a, a handful of, of situations. Like I don't know, 
I just feel like um, there's an illusion of a, a lot of choices going on. You know what I mean? I think we, we, we think we have so many different varieties of choices, but in actuality, you know, we don't really have that many choices. The cable. What the fuck? You know what I mean? Time Warner Internet Providers is connected to a phone. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's strange. It's a monopoly, but it's it, it's weird because it's like, it to the to the naked eye, it doesn't look like a monopoly. But actually, it is a monopoly. I don't know. My ass pretty naked, and yeah. I, it looks like a monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. It seems pretty I, clear yeah, to me. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know what I mean? But it, what's crazy is that it's the process has been so gradual, and people have become so accustomed to it that they've got us hypnotized. Mm. I mean, I, I don't feel hypnotized, but I feel like the general public, which also like the general public is who you need to mobilize. Like, you need to mobilize people. So, in so it seems like it's, to some extent, you kind of need people to... That's why this whole idea, when I read, read Plato's Republic and read about the aristocracy and how they are philosopher kings, I was like, yeah, yeah, we need some smart motherfuckers running everything and let the sheep people be sheep people, right. let the pigs be pigs, let the wolves be wolves. Yeah, exactly. And let the philosopher kings be philosopher kings. The only issue with the philosopher kings, obviously, is that more. I mean, how like easily is a slippery slope. We could get away. It's also, subjective. I mean, everybody has their own, own opinion. Jedi's. You know, that's what we need. Jedi's. I mean, yeah, but how do you how do you differentiate? But who's who's a Jedi? And who's a fluke? You know, how do you put through people through this Jedi school? Because I feel like everybody wants to, you know, get the the glory and the and the fame so quickly. That's well, I, you gotta watch Star Wars to figure that out. And the Jedi's like failed too. Well, this is interesting. Well, this is interesting to me, and I think, and I think you got this with like the last Star Wars movie was that the folklore of the Force was pushed a little further into a realm that we hadn't. Unless, I mean, I haven't read like the the books. I read all those books when I was little. Okay, so I don't know. So I don't know about that. But at least the cinematic folklore was pushed in the way that like suddenly telekinesis. I don't know. I probably you probably read about that in the books. My whole thing about the Jedi is that. Their focus is balance, right? But even if, you, if you're on the line, it's yin and yang. But the balance, you, you haven't reached balance if you exist only in the yin or if you only exist within the yang, right. which just means to, that it seems to me that you need to be somewhere in between the light and the dark. But, and the reason why a lot of the Jedi turn to the dark side is because they've been restricted to the light side for so long and they haven't been able to participate in the dark side. And so they don't have like the white and the black they don't have that black dot inside the white self, right? right? And then same thing with the dark side. The dark side doesn't have that black side. I mean, I don't know. Star Wars is so perfect. I mean, and you know about Joseph Campbell. And we've talked about this, and he, and he, you've read Joseph Campbell. You but will? Star Wars is so perfect because if you look at it from like a removed space, and if you remove like the personalities of those who are on the light side and the dark side, it just seems like one majestic fluctuation between positive and negative. Not, I don't even want to it's, say it's good and bad. It's, it's, polarities, it's just polarities. Like, yeah, that's all it is. I mean, and there's a law in that. That's like one of the hermetic, hermetic, law, hermetic laws is like the law you know, of polarities and rhythm. You know what I mean? And how you the pendulum is always going to swing back and forth. But I think when you master that is where you kind of already, like, like how a weatherman sees a forecast, you should be able to weather the storm the further you go into the journey, that's like dodging, you know, negative boulders and things that can get in your way. You you should be able to see that better from afar. Like the, that's that's what I think the Jedi is. Like it's like a, it's like a sharpened sword, like a sword that keeps on getting sharpened. But that's the thing, though, is a lot of them end up going to the dark side, and it's because maybe it's because they were 
too much was being demanded of so them. So what is the dark side? Is the dark side considered like, is this is, is, is your subconscious? I think the dark side is greed, fear, and also power, like hunger for power. But at the same time, the light side is humility and modesty and gentleness and also kind of a rejection of the side of you that is power hungry and greedy. And so when you reject it, you are un, you are unaware of it. And so it seizes you by surprise. What do you think, Pete? What do you think yeah, first? I mean, they're kind of like, what's, it, what's weird about the light side, and this is like a thing that I don't understand about the movie because I can't tell if it's like an inconsistency or something that's supposed to be there. But the weird thing about the Jedi is that they're kind of like not very good at, what, at their job. Mm. Like, like, mm. But they're like, yeah, okay. like in the, especially in the prequels, which maybe they're just like not that great at movies, but they're kind of like apolitical and mm. like overly neutral. Right. And, mm. and like yeah. really like kind of soft. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah. And just like really stupid. Like they, they mm. don't like, there's like so many times when Yoda's like, I can't see the future because it's like. It's all cloudy, and it's like, well, just like look around. You know, you like you don't have to see the future to know that Palpatine's about to like. Oh right, you can just be predictive. Like, yeah, okay. Just like be a, just like pay attention to what's happening. What do you think about that? Do you think that the movies are becoming more dumb and dumber? I I think that yeah. I mean, well, this is like this is also just like a technical thing because mm-hmm. um, Lucas didn't. Lucas wrote the fir- the original three, four, or five trilogy. He wrote all of them, but he wrote the original trilogy but didn't direct them. Okay. Um, and I think part of the reason they're better is because people told him no to a lot of his really dumb ideas in the original really? trilogy. Okay. Um, so like he wanted to have like the Watto character in the original trilogy. He was like, I really want to, I really want an alien used car salesman. And everybody mm. was like, that's a really bad idea. We're not putting that in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then when you get the prequels and he has, nobody says no to him. So he just puts all that stupid stuff in the movie. Right. What, what do you think the deeper science to that is as far as like, how we in our journey like do you do you think he foresaw something deeper in that in star wars and how it relates to us or maybe a, a, a future us or a past us like what do you think about that you mean lucas yeah i have no idea i'm really cynical when it comes to him i think he just i think he just got lucky and he doesn't know what he's doing yeah. well i think maybe, he yeah maybe he didn't well i know for a yeah. fact what george lucas did is he had joseph campbell on set yeah and he just followed the playbook of joseph campbell and it was very formulaic mm. But also very successful because it tapped into those. It's like Harry Potter. Harry Potter did the same thing. Like yeah, I was telling that this was a source of energy. Yeah, but like the source. Universal story. Yeah, exactly. Like tapping into it, yeah. yeah, it's the hero's journey. I remember yeah. telling this to somebody the other day. I was like, if 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 the world ended and maybe like one country survived, mm-hmm. and all that was left after the apocalypse was like copies. Like if somebody found a copy of Harry Potter, mm-hmm. of like all seven books. They would think that was that would be the new religion. That would be the Bible, right. if they if they were if they hadn't any if they didn't have any experience with because she got all the archetypes right. Voldemort would be the devil, you know. Harry Potter would be Jesus. Dumbledore would be God. Ginny would be Mary. Like you had like Slytherin. There was the enemies. There's people that betrayed him. It was archetypes. It was, like, it was archetypes. So that's George Lucas, which is yeah. So it was a real, a real basic kind of setup. It is basic, and it's strange how mm-hmm. successful it was, and how like had George Lucas been a little bit more unique or interesting as a writer or more creative, how really good he copied a lot from like Seven Samurais. Mm-hmm. He copied like literally like like uh, like a whole entire character stories, even like the direction. Um, but that's what that's yeah. what Hollywood is. I mean, think about it. Yeah. The, um, Alistair was it uh, H.P. Lovecraft and the Necronomicon? 
was it was it Aleister Crowley or H.P. Lovecraft? One of them created the the whole all these everything the Freddy Krueger, the Jason, the Alien. All this comes from the mind of, of I think H.P. Lovecraft, and it comes out of the Necronomicon, which is these these writings that he made copywritten free, and Stephen King even admits that I'm a bitch to H.P. Lovecraft. You know what I mean? And these writings of the Necronomicon, because that's where you get all these other inspired works from this 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 uh, system, or this this writing that he did back in like you know when he was alive and all that. So like all these horror flicks, uh, vampire. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like like you know, what do you think about that? That's where like the character of Cthulhu comes from. Cthulhu. Yeah. yeah. I haven't read any Lovecraft. I just know. Wait, who's Cthulhu? Like, I don't even know how to describe it. He's like a. He made this like fake mythology basically. Right. Um, with all these like god-like supernatural characters in it um but i haven't read any of it he, has a, he wrote a lot he wrote a ton yeah and so pretty much like all the the um, you know the horror films from like the 70s 80s were inspired by these writings of hp lovecraft stephen king specifically you know what i mean he's a so he's a, i mean because i used to read a lot of stephen king you know back in the day and um you know what i mean that's what like that's what i'm saying like what do you think about the regurgitation of all these movies that are going on right now I like it too. I like it when they're good. Yeah, I, just, I get bored with some of them. Who yeah. thinks there's an agenda behind it? I think there's or a Mandela. There, there's a Mandela effect going on. I think there's a parallel universe being set up to to where our, our psyches are being played with. So subtly, the dash is disappearing from Kit Kat. Um, subtly, Mona Lisa is now smiling instead of just her her just kind of scowl. And now Tom and Jerry talk. They didn't used to talk before. There's like these little subtly things that are being done now. That's kind of like setting up this parallel universe, and the people that have been here and were, you know, grew up in the '90s and were in the '80s, like they, they see the kind of, I don't know. I don't. But okay, my, I, I don't know. What do you think? I, this is first of all a motive. I need a motive, and I don't think. I think it's to keep the keep the people at a certain vibration. Is it not just why, reinvention why, why, of things and also why laziness? These, why? But the, come on, you mean to tell me that the 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 new ideas have just stopped? There's no more new ideas. I think there are. I just think that the. The sort of like the producers and the people with the with the money greenlighting yeah. movies know that they're going to get more if you if they remake like Total Recall. Yeah. You're you're going to get all the like nostalgia people mm-hmm. going to see it rather than just like making something new and having to wonder yeah. if people are going to go see it. You know. So you don't think that's it's not that deep. I think it's just money. Yeah. Yeah. I I think money is the deepest. If you follow the money, right. you find. And I think, I mean, I, I definitely I definitely think. I feel I feel like these agendas, these elaborate. Like theories, and I don't use this as a pejorative. Like yeah. I don't say negatively conspiracy theories, yeah. but I feel like these are so elaborate and so and would are easily will fall apart. And but, I think the more common sense thing would just be that what is the money? The money is movies in, are a form of mind control. Are the number one? That's tool, true. That's the, the other thing. Mind, I, mind I, I go back and forth because sometimes I look at some of these commercials and some of these movies. And the music that's used, and I'm like, and the music that they push versus what they don't push, and I'm like, hold on. Exactly. I don't know. Just... What do you think about that? I mean, I think I think there's something to that, like the idea that mm. they're being used in order to sort of like push people in certain directions. But again, mm. I think it's more. Mm. I would blame like consumerism yeah. and the idea. You know, they're just trying to sell a shit. Right. That's right. I really honestly what I think is like, yeah. you know, um, yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I, it's, I mean, it's hard. I don't know. It's hard to. First of all, what is Preston? Who is Preston, man? Who, yeah, who, yeah. Who, who, who is this dude? Preston, Preston, who is this guy, man? What's up, Preston? Pre- so Preston, I, I play soccer with Preston. Okay. Preston is someone who I've learned to. Um, I think. Okay, I can uh, because I want. Uh, I'm learning a lot, and also like to teach people. And as I teach people, it's like an exercise in the learning process and I learn more the more that I teach I think I can also be pretty obnoxious about how I teach I think I can solicit adv- I can I can give advice without being solicited for advice um, right and kind of like that kind of sounded like a, a bad deal yeah I just I just like tell people how to live their life without really without it being prompted and I think I, I definitely over the past year have learned from Preston while watching me at soccer to take a more laid back approach because people learn at their own pace and also it's unproductive to try and force them because I've experienced some of this with the younger soccer guys. Yeah. With the younger dudes. And I, I have shift I have completely done a one eighty in terms of my approach and trying to like tell them how to live their lives. Yeah. And I've noticed and, and this is with you, because I would like try and pick your brain about like your life in Rome or like Cause you getting published? You lived in Rome. Hold on, when in yeah. Rome? He really yeah. didn't tell us, Preston. Just like four months. Um, my my undergrad had has a campus there, so we just kind of okay. Everybody went there for a semester. He said a national like they got a campus there. They got a beach house there, and uh, we just went out there for a few days. Yeah, was, <laughs> had a couple of beers. He was telling you know, me it was crazy. Yeah, it, I was I was super lucky to get to go. Um, it was like it's so it's, it actually wasn't in Rome. It was in this uh, place called Albano, which is like okay. an hour south of Rome. Yeah, uh, but it was it's beautiful. Um, mm. And what'd you do? And everything. We went everywhere. You said everything. Um, <laughs> seriously, like we would go. We would have like three day weekends. Yeah. And if we weren't, if we were still in town, we would go to Rome like the whole time. Wow. Um, but then I went all over Italy. Like I went to Cinque Terre. I went to Assisi. I went to Florence. I went to Venice. Like I mm-hmm. went everywhere. Wow. Um, we went to Greece for ten days. Yeah. Uh, we went to we went and like backpacked around like continental Europe for mm-hmm. twelve days. You did this with a group of friends. Yeah, I went to Easter at the Vatican. Just like all. Wait, wait. How was Easter at the Vatican? It was crazy. How was the Vatican? Did you feel that energy? Beautiful. Oh yeah, I love. I mean, I converted when I was there. Yeah. Really. He's like, fuck. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm down. Y'all got me. Yeah, yeah. I'm a member. I'm so. Um, (laughs) it took a while after that, but that was like the sort of start of it. What, what happened? Uh, Oh my gosh, there's so many things. I don't know. I was just like, well, this is like a whole, whole like can of worms. But I. uh, We want to get into the can of worms. I grew up like I grew up being like vaguely protestant and kind of just like but just like kind of didn't do anything Mm. you know um and then i was there and i was just so sort of i was so immersed in the culture um in rome yeah i was so immersed in 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 rome and in catholic culture and in like sort of catholic history that it sort of sort of of just all kind of like sunk Mm. in yeah because that's where like i mean not the origin but definitely where it was yeah, magnified. I mean, yeah, it was, and and like, um, I mean, the art and the and the you know like the architecture and the buildings and the sort of all the history of it. It's sort of all sort of, um, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, it's literally just like you're just like swimming in it. Like you can't yeah. you go to Rome and like everywhere you step, there's like a there's some like painting or some like sculpture right. that um, old too. Yeah, yeah. And so, it's good. I mean, like you know some of the yeah. I mean some of the best artists. In sort of like Western history, right. you know, you I mean, you walk into 
you walk into the Vatican, for for example, you mm-hmm. know, and there's like a Michelangelo statue, just like you know, did, the Pieta, just like sitting there, you know. Did you see the Black Madonna in Child? The Black Madonna in Child. I didn't. Okay. No, I saw. Well, I saw the Shroud of Turin. Yeah. Do you, know, that? Do you know that? No, no, no. Um, so it's like the the validity of this is like is like under um, it's sort of like debated. Like not even all Catholics like mm-hmm. believe that it actually is the it really is what it is. But they have in Turin and in, in, uh, this place where in Torino, like where yeah, um, mm. you know where Juve plays, right? Yeah. Um, they have this shroud that's said to be the shroud that Jesus was wrapped in when he was buried, and it has like. I mean, yeah. it has, like, a face sort of, like, in it and, like, blood stains on it. And and they only display it once every 10 years. For what? What? Yeah. For what? Because it's, um, it's just, like, this really secretive kind of thing. The, uh, the white tee that, that, that Jesus had on. That he got <laughs> yeah. from the spot. The pro club? Yeah. What? The pro, the pro club that, that Jesus had on before yeah. he got, I mean, so, we got killed. Yeah, so not everybody believes that it's actually, like, the real thing. They put, uh, like, yeah. tests on it and all this stuff. But it's, like, I mean, it's, like, super famous. <laughs> They did test like it again. Yep, it came back to Jesus. Yep. What are the people like? I mean, I mean, Roman, this trip, like, this people. Yeah, this trip changed your life. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it, I mean, I mean, on just on another level too. I just matured so much. Mm. Like I drank a ton before Pro- I went for a trip. But like, you can't drink and you can't like get wasted and like walk around Rome. Why? Because you'll get because you'll it's dangerous. For real, well, you you'll get, get robbed. Lost. Like I didn't. I you know I had to like, like I had to be able to get on the train. I couldn't miss the train because like because I lived far enough away that if I missed the train I'd had to like have had to like track down. A cab. I feel like people getting hella drunk. You just have oh, to have are, your wits about you. But like mm. people were. Yeah. You and can I, get and I wasn't like yeah. and I wasn't like I didn't stop drinking completely. But I, yeah. but my attitude toward like I wasn't getting blackout drunk. Mm. It's not it's not an immature like this. Yeah. You wind up like that one girl that one missing girl. What's her name? That was France or something that they was looking for. Like she got killed over there. I don't know. Lauren. When there was that she one girl, Amanda, back to New York. Amanda Knox. You got Amanda Knox. Murder, there you go. Her, oh, murdering her. There you go. Roommate, yeah. Which like, she... didn't happen, but she was in jail for a really long time. That didn't happen. No. Well, I mean, the, her roommate was killed, but it, she didn't do it. She, was she vindicated? Who, who killed her? Eventually. Wait, is that is that real? It was, yeah. Lord, no, it's a lifetime. No, I, 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 Netflix. Yeah, it's real. The Netflix documentary, of course, of course, that explains everything. They got everything. Wait, so okay, but so it made you mature in that way. Like, in that way, and like, and just being somewhere, and like, I got, I got lost in Munich for like, four hours, mm-hmm. and they just like, I couldn't find out how to get home, and I didn't have any, I like, accidentally left my money with my friends and my wallet and Damn. like my ID. I didn't have any of you them. You have, you were new. He was just like, uh, I couldn't find them because phone? they they were in the club and they wouldn't let me into the club without. Because you have shit on you. Phone? Mm-hmm. No phone. No, I didn't have a phone. Mm. Okay. That's a scary um, focus. That's yeah, scary. so I had to like find my way back to, and our train was leaving at like four in the morning, and I got, ended up getting back to my hostel at like one in the morning. So I like barely made it in time to like get all my stuff and like get out of there. Um, but like stuff like that is like you're you're a, you're a grown person, right? At that point, like you can't you know, right? I mean, well, it was one of the first times in my life. Who you gonna call? Was, like, you can't call I'm, nobody. I am alone in the world, and I have to. Yeah, alone in the world, like a motherfucker. Yeah, that's the big thing about traveling. That really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like and, you out there. Even, and you don't even have to go far. Wait, so how else? What else? Like, cool. what else? Women, um, milf. No, none of that. No milfs. Not you, even a professor. You didn't catch none of them. <laughs> Maestra. No, my. I mean, I only spoke English, so. Okay, or you know, you know. Why? Well, how do they exactly. treat American guys? Huh? Um, I actually don't know. I mean, I'm sure. I I feel like people are really annoyed by Americans. Yeah. Like ninety percent of the time. Probably. Yeah, but I met I met a lot of people who weren't Italian who were mm-hmm. really cool, um, like. We hung out with some Irish people one night. We because we would go into these Irish pubs in Rome because that's where all the students would go because yeah. everybody in there spoke English. 
So the American mm-hmm. students would go into these like Irish pubs. So we'd meet a ton of Irish people and like a ton of Scottish people. Yeah. Um, and like who are the nicest? Some Belgian people, weirdly. Um, mm-hmm. There was this one Scottish dude. I don't know if he was nice, but he was like one of the funniest people I've ever met. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you no to just, he was probably trying to sleep I was you. just drunk, I think, okay. probably. Yeah. Oh, he's trying, he so he trying to take advantage. He was trying to take advantage of you. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Or he was trying to, <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to like hit on the girls we were with. Yeah, yeah. It might have been that too. Um, <laughs> but he was wearing a he was literally wearing a kilt. Um, okay, okay. Scotland was playing Italy in rugby, and so yeah. there were all these Scottish okay. people in there, and they were all wearing kilts. Wow. Um, yeah. So I just kilted out. Yeah, it was it was pretty entertaining. Wow. Dude, the culture, the pride on their their own culture. I mean. How nationalistic is Italy? Hella national, like super, right? I well, mean, it's not... like super corrupt too. Ru- yeah. Oh yeah, right, right. I okay, mean, like Berlusconi, that whole thing. Orgies that over now, but hmm. orgies. That guy owned Milan. Yeah, what else did he own? He... Man, he was the president. <laughs> you know, he was getting, getting slapped the toppy with two uh, two girls at a time. I, he he would have had a five. He no, he literally was. He literally these. He, there was trials because he was having orgies. Yeah. For real? There's still yes, dude. For real, this is hundred percent. He might still go to jail, actually. Really? Yeah. Dude, oh, he's guy, still alive? This guy yeah. looks like he was the godfather, which is interesting to me that, like, you didn't even need the mafia. This guy looked like your typical, like, this mafioso guy managed to become president. It's literally, I, I don't think that's an exaggeration. Like, the character well, of Berlusconi, what he was doing. At least he lived he live his dream, man. He living out his dreams. So. <laughs> I guess you can't you knock know, the hustle. You can't knock the hustle, man. <laughs> you don't want nobody to knock your, your hustle if he was, the, you know, had origins of being the president. I guess. Shout out to Bill Clinton. Just living on unprecedented levels. You know. Of, but how nationalistic. Well, he is going to jail. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he is, well, he's he going to have some words in prison. It's just maybe with just with penises. Yep. He'd probably just make up his own building like Paul Escobar. Well, yeah, still with penises, though. But, I don't know how nationalistic it is um, on the whole. <clears throat> the, the soccer culture is really crazy, though. I went to a Roma game. Mm-hmm. Roma versus Palermo. That was when... Um, mm-hmm. That was when Rainieri was coaching Roma. They were like really good that year. Um, mm. but now he's getting kicked out of Leicester City. Yeah, now he's now he doesn't have a job. I'm sure he's fine. I'm, he's a nice Bro. man. He, he he deserves to be happy. He, <laughs> he shouldn't be working in a bad place. <laughs> um, that well, yeah, I that was weird. That was weird because there's this weird Roma Lazio that you know that Roma Lazio thing, and there's like no. what's, what's that? No. That's not like a Nazi Roma. and a Rome mixed together. Yeah, no, it, yeah, it is. Like, oh, okay. Uh, La, so like Lazio is like. Not all the fans are are Nazis, but like okay, they they have a they have a reputation. Oh, for good being following. Fascists. Oh, like far. Oh, Mussolini. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Um, yeah. That's really uh, supposedly it's just their ultras. It's not like all the fans, but mm. I mean it gets sort of like blown up. PLO so, like, talks <laughs> about this in the book a little bit. Yeah, he does. Um, so like we were walking around. Uh, we like we went we we went to this like little like cafe slash bar thing one time in Albano where we lived. It was like walking distance from where we lived. Mm-hmm. And we were hanging out with these Italian people and one of them was a Lazio fan and all his friends would just like casually refer to him as fascist. Mm. Like when they were making fun of him. So basically you just you racist homeboy. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, like oh this is yeah, my racist like, homeboy here. And I don't know, he seemed nice, so I don't maybe he was Most of them racists do. Yeah, yeah it, most of them it's do. Po- it's possible that he actually yeah. was, but um, Do you know much about fascism? Huh? I mean, no, I couldn't define it really. Yeah, it's like hard to. De- it's like hard to. There's a do we have? But a, I mean, I know the history of World War Two pretty well. Mm. 
we were taking this great class with Selick, and we and we had a whole like I think we spent like a week on fascism, and on the idea and how Trump was not a true fascist, and we read we read like Mussolini's speeches. That's why he's opportunist. That's different. That's exactly what I would describe Trump as an opportunist, as a businessman, as yeah, a yeah, because he kicked it with black people. He he was he ain't no fucking white. He might be a white supremacist, but Donald Trump was just with uh. With uh, grab a titty Russell Simmons in them, you know what I'm saying, and uh, you know, you you already are calling him that Russell Simmons. No, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disrespect okay. Russell like that. I but said, he but he did do it. But I'm not gonna say it just because you know Russell Simmons got a hit squad. So I'm gonna just say that uh, <laughs> men will be men. <laughs> men will be men in power, and that's that's all I'm gonna say about but that. But men should not do that, dude. I had to I had to no, testify at, at me Senate. Too, me too, man. Me too. I had to testify at a Senate meeting. <clears throat> what? I had to testify at a Senate meeting this Why? week. Why? I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about this. Are you see Senate? Yeah. Senate, Senate. Well, it doesn't somebody matter. Didn't, somebody didn't grab somebody's ass it's and masturbate in front of somebody. I'm telling you, you better leave these girls alone, man. No means no. You can't just fucking just whip out your dick and start just jacking off in front of a girl and, and doing all kind of creepy shit and expect she ain't going to remember 10 years down the road when you married and got three kids and a happy life and trying to bring down your family. No, you're not. Pre- Preston, you're, you're familiar with the free will argument, determinism. <clears throat> mm-hmm. People have certain sexual preferences. Some people are gay. Some people are straight. Some people like MILFs. Some people want to masturbate in front of women. No, that's not okay. At least give me a choice if you want to No, I, no, I think ask, it's an interesting... I mean, I, would not, I don't condone it. I, and I would like you to make that choice, clear. Howie. No, I would like to make it very Damn clear. It. I would my, I'd like to make yes. it very clear. A woman should not be subjected to that kind of heinous <clears throat> behavior. But... It's kind of, I mean, if you, if that is your fetish, ain't no damn butt. if that's your fetish, that's you nasty, know, people man. are allowed to be gay. There you should probably be like a support group for these people. You can't put yourself, push yourself up, up on anybody. No, no. I, again, I would tell maybe a room or a virtual reality place they can go to. You don't, you don't got the problem here, do you? No. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like. If, he said no yet. If, <laughs> if, if, if sexual harassment is yeah. your fetish, right? That's. That is a fetish. Too bad for you. It is too bad. I guess that's, that's what like we've decided. But that's so. That's what we've decided. I think so. It's just you get. It's just too bad for you. You got unlucky. Wow. It's very interesting. That's crazy, man. Sexuality. Sexuality is strange. That's just. I mean, Oscar Wilde. One of my favorite Oscar Wilde quotes: "Everything in life is everything in on this planet is about sex. Everything except for everything? sex. Except for sex itself. Sex is about power." I mean, yeah. that's what. And that's you say what that Louis, to a girl. That's ooh. what Louis thinks. No, that's the closing. Yeah. That's what Louis thing was. Yeah. It was power. Can you elaborate? Sure. Yeah. It was just like he was just in, yeah. I mean, he was in this position where he could like get these women in his office and like jerk off in front of them and think that they weren't going to do anything about it. That's power. Mm. That's not sex. Or like Steve Wynn in Las Vegas, you know, who uh, just thought he could just take have sex with this make this maid have sex with him, and she wasn't going to say nothing. Like she was uncomfortable. You hear about that, Steve Wynn? The new allegation with Steve Wynn and them in Vegas? Who's Steve Wynn? I don't Steve know. Wynn, he owns the cas- casinos in Vegas. Big casino owner. And I guess like he was uh, making this girl having sex, and she felt like she, if she didn't have sex with him, that she was going to lose her job. Like putting with these women in these positions. See, this stuff is... Pa- yeah, no, exactly. That's mm-hmm. what... My whole thing with the Louis thing, how initially I thought, eh, is it that bad? I thought it was like innocuous. I mean, it's, it is bad. Mm. But then... Add but then alcohol, when I really thought about coke it... into the mix... I don't think he's on alcohol and coke. I'm but just saying, any, these vices, it makes you, it brings out that, that vulturness. It yeah, out but that, Louis that, wasn't doing that. And yeah. also, Louis released a statement which yeah. made me, was more damning than, I mean, well, for, at least for me. Because, I mean, it, it, it uh, he, he was able to explain 
the mech the mechanics of what he did which was interesting that he was that introspective and understood what he was doing to that extent yeah you know but he explains like how I understand that because I'm a man in a position of power I, these women do not have an option when they're in that room with me and then when I understood that I was like damn that is pretty like that is like Ooh, that's bad, 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 very bad, bad. I don't know. <laughs> You're a bad boy. Very bad. That's not part know. of the damn role play. Hold on, how, I don't know how else. I don't know about that one. I mean, how how bad? You can't even say how bad. What you bad. think, P man? What you think, bro? It's bad. It's bad. It's bad, dude. It's bad. It's hey, very man. bad. If it's not your, if it's not your body part, man, you need to ask consent. Consent is always going to be the key. It's in sinister. Hand. That's what, and it's and then there's an added yeah. level of it. It's kind is of that demonic like, too? Look, like it's it is, like, dude. Especially it's, what's, like what's, a, it's like a ritual. What makes it worse is he's up on stage talking about it and like kind of yeah. is this guy laughing because now you have to look at and you don't want to do that yeah like people should, the art should be allowed to exist independent but not really because the art comes from that person what yeah. he's talking about those things especially yeah dude he talks about it and there's like as a, i can tell you that as a comedian when you make when you when you make somebody laugh a lot of the appeal to it of it is that these people don't know how serious you are like you look people in the eye and you like, exaggerate. No, no. You're just, like you talking about like doing the actual act of it. I'm saying like when you when you make people laugh, you don't even have to be on stage for this. Oh, okay. When you make people laugh at something crazy, because usually when you make people laugh, it's when you're pushing boundaries, and people are laughing because they're like, oh no, he would that's crazy, mm. etc. Mm. And a lot of the the mind fuck of it, a lot of the appeal is like looking at them and seeing like, oh, they have no idea. They have no idea. I'm telling you, this is the psychology. I know this for a fact that this is the psychology behind a lot of comedians. Is like, is this, is this, these people don't really know how sincere I'm being. This is part of like the mask that I'm wearing as a clown. Is I can be free, and that's why comedy is liberating, especially at the well, stand-up. Yeah, we do that with Richard Pryor. He, he you know, he, it's he, very liberating. You could see that in his face. I mean, this man is, is openly bisexual, but and he has was raised in a brothel. You know, um, I mean. So what I'm saying is yeah. when, so when Louis goes up there and does that, yeah. and has this mischievous look on his face when he's doing masturbatory movements, it's like, oh, this guy is like getting off on us not even knowing whoa, what whoa, he's whoa, done, whoa. but getting that close to admitting whoa. it. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. like, ooh, that's like a that's that's sinister. That's crazy. That's bad. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. It's like I mean, evil. It's evil. That's also, why I think, you know what you just gotta just like press and just drink your coffee and do your work. You know what I'm saying? I mean, <laughs> and stay in your motherfucking lane. You know what I'm saying? That's all you gotta do. I don't know. Which is a professor? You gonna be a professor? Mm-hmm. What's the plan? Plan is to be a professor. Hopefully, somebody wants to give me a job and pay me to do that. In English, right? Yeah. You're a TA right now. Mm-hmm. How's yeah, that? Yeah, I teach. Uh, I teach writing right now. How is that? 1B. Wait. Oh, 1B. So it's not creative. It, no, it's like uh, intro or it's like advanced composition. Mm. Yeah. Here on campus? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. How good are these students at writing? They're good. Um, it's, I really enjoy it. And I like UCR students because uh, they're like, I don't know, they're just like really, they're really like, just like nice kids a lot of the time. I've talked yeah, about not, this with a bunch of friends. I'm not just like saying that. It's like really true. I've really? talked with this. I've talked with Yeah. The thing about UCR is that because it's in Riverside, it's not a big city. So number one, people are not ego. 
egotistical for the most part. People mm. are a lot more down to earth. Compared to LA. Exactly. It's not like Riverside makes you humble to come here to UCR. It's like it it humbles you. And then on top of that, um, there's not like shit you can do in Riverside. So you have to make up your own shit. You have to make up your own. You have to be creative. Act- you have to be creative. And, and then also you yeah. have to be nice. UCR and there's there are clicks definitely here on UCR campus, especially as you get to know people. Yeah. But in general, yeah, I would agree. UCR people are, and they're here. They seem cool. to me most most of them. I mean, I can't talk about you know mm-hmm. all of them, but <laughs> like, some of y'all motherfuckers crazy. Them, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, most of them seem like they just they want to be here and they want to put the work in. Yeah. Um, I mean, I yeah, think dude, I, the way I'm I surprised teach my at class that. Is like I don't really like. I don't like disciplining people. I don't like yeah, reprimanding people. Yeah, I, I like not only like it doesn't make me uncomfortable, which it does, but I also I'm just like I don't, I don't really feel that I have a right to be like, to be like this like disciplinary figure to them. Like I'm not interested in being that person. Yeah. Um. And so sometimes it sometimes it doesn't work out because sometimes they like they like me. May, I maybe let them get away with a little bit more than than I ought to. Mm. Uh. But at the same time, like my hope is that if that whatever they bring to the class is what yeah. they're going to get out of it. And so far, you know, I've only taught two classes as of now, but so far I feel like my students have brought quite a bit to the table, you know, in terms of the effort they put forth. Oh, okay. That's like, so sweet. Oh, um, y'all ain't badass kids. Yeah. yeah. And not only in terms of the, like, you know, they... That's nice. They imp- I can tell that they improve. I can tell that they, like, you know, they put the work in. Mm-hmm. And that's what writing is, like... Um, I mean, you know this, Howie. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not really about... I mean, talent is, like, a thing, but, like... Putting the, just putting the work in and like is is a majority of how you get better. Hard work beats mm-hmm. talent. Yeah, Coke boy yeah. beat that's too change. Were you were you always like into that? You know, just being a hard worker into English growing up. I I'm you know I'm I work hard at at this mm-hmm. um almost like compulsively. Um, wow. I'm not even sure that I I'm it becomes not obsessive. Sure. Yeah, and not yeah. Even sure. a religion it's like, almost. It like might that. be bad. There might be like something psychologically wrong with me. I don't know. Nah, I think oh, we all crazy. You know, but uh, yeah, it, it's just like a, it's like a compulsive thing. And yeah. if I get better at it, it's only because I like don't I don't know what else to do with my time. You tinker. You start to tinker with your ideas. Yeah, and then... well, you start to write stuff. You start to read stuff yeah. and like make connections between things. Mm. Yes, the connections, connections, dude. Yeah, the connections mm. are nice. Um, but I yeah, but I've always loved I've always really loved reading. Okay. Um, and yes. okay. I never thought that I would want to turn it into something that I did all the time. Mm. But but I was an English major in my undergrad, um, and I didn't really again I didn't know, really know what to do with it. Yeah. Um, but at a certain point near the end of when I was my when I was in my undergrad, I realized that what I really really wanted to do was write. Mm. Um, you are right. Wait, wait how, this is the way. How long into your undergrad? Uh, literally like the last semester. Really? Which you is why see? it took me so long to get mm. here. Yeah, okay. Um, so when's the book coming out? <laughs> hopefully within the next, like, five years. Yeah. What's You've your got fo- the draft. What's the focus on on the book? Um, well, I haven't, I haven't started uh, an actual book project right now. Right mm. now I'm, I'm writing two articles. Okay. Um, getting published. Hopefully mm. getting published. I thought you did um, get published. No. I, well, I, got, I got my book review published that yeah. I just came out with. That's coming out in March. But that's not as big of a deal as the articles. Okay. Um, okay. Um, the, one of the articles is about the Mexican novelist Carmen Bujosa. Mm. Um, okay. She wrote this novel called Texas. Uh, and then I'm, I'm writing another one about uh, Mark, da- Mark Danielewski. Do you know Mark Danielewski? He wrote House of Leaves. It's like super famous, sort of like experimental fiction. He plays with like font and like format. Okay. Honestly, in these like really crazy ways. 
Uh, but he has this new book series called The Familiar. Uh, mm. Five volumes of it are out now. The last one just came out this Halloween. What is that about? Um, it's about this like little girl and her cat. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about these sort of like really banal kind of like everyday things, but it's written in this really poetic way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also got these like fantasy elements and all this stuff. Um, the sad thing is I actually found out today that it, the second season of it just got canceled. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were supposed to be like 26 books, mm-hmm. um, but it, but right now it's at five. And it's well, did the cat die? on pause. No, the cat didn't die. Oh, okay. That's not actually a cat. It's like a supernatural Creature. Oh, super cat! It's actually similar to. Of course, it is. That's all cats are. It's actually similar to like the great one, the old ones, or mm-hmm. whatever the great ones from Lovecraft. Like it's a very similar kind of. Oh, it's like Lovecraft. Sort of like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Sort of like this godlike. Yeah, yeah. Character, but it's also a cat. Wow. So it's so it's definitely um, a symbolic meaning behind. Yeah, the situation. it's really yeah, and what I'm writing about is um, is sort of philosophy and the animal in terms of that novel. Wait, what mm-hmm. do you mean philosophy and the animal? Well. It's like a, I mean, there's a pretty long trajectory of of philosophy, and it's sort of like dealing with like the separation between humans and animals, right? It's okay. um, mm-hmm. so like Aristotle, for example, like makes a distinction between humans and animals, saying that humans, what makes humans humans, is that they're like political animals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and wow. there's this whole long tradition of separate of philosophy separating animals mm. and humans. Um, but what some more contemporary philosophers um, are doing, like Derrida, for example, are trying Derrida, to... Derrida, the, the postmodernist? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. so I'm, I'm actually writing about Derrida in that paper, too. Okay. So I, don't fuck just... with, I don't fuck with postmodernists. Anymore. Well, what's wrong with you do? They're Marxist, communist douchebags. Derrida's not Be- a Marxist. Oh, well... Yeah, he, he, he don't, he's not a member no more. I, I, postmodernism not, as, really. as, as a rejection of values, though, and principles is something that bothers me. Well... Derrida's more complicated than that. Okay, um, I should pro- I should probably so read Derrida. I have read now Derrida. Okay, um, he's a drug problem too. Up. Because like, what's well, like what his claim is in in the, uh, it's it's not really a it's not really a philosophical book. It's a conference presentation that he gave that was turned into a book, um, called the Animal That Therefore I Am. And his sort of claim is that um, it's been an ethical failing of philosophy to ignore mm-hmm. that the animal feels pain, for example. Um, and then the animal obviously does feel pain. Yeah, and so yeah. Um, and so he's sort of railing against that failure of philosophy to see to see animal subjectivity okay. and to see animals as creatures that actually look back at us, not just objects that we sort of engage with. Mm. Um, that's deep. That's deep. Dude, that is so important. Mm. Yeah, that, that that right there, and not not just in regard to animals, but human beings too. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, he's he's <coughs> drawing he's drawing on a lot of that. He, you know, so like. The philo- one of the philosophers who I really really like a lot is Emmanuel Levinas. Yeah, which um, is- who does who is talking about that specifically? The sort of um, seeing the human other as someone who is like um, an extension of yourself, is, yeah, or who is subject, who is a subjectivity that's sort of like beyond the bounds of your understanding, and that you can't yeah. like harm. So right? don't so fuck race, fuck what race person is. Not not really the, that. Yeah, like, it's like, like it's like, and this is what has changed with my like how I treat women. Is like these women exist independent of my s- sexual attractiveness towards them. Like these are complicated, and it's embarrassing. And and obviously, I, I mean, it's not like but I treat all like that, women. Right? That's what I. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. We talked about this on episode twenty eight about how like biologically men. This is like the pursuit is to fuck all the time. But how in the past like couple months, especially, there has been this growth where I have. Seen women as independent oh, obj- of that. Ob- objectified women. Yeah, exactly. Like that's yeah. literally it. Is, but yeah. also yeah, that spreads to, right. that spreads to other right. human beings too. Yeah, it's and, like 
Yeah, and Derrida, when Derrida's critique of Levinas and some other and some other philosophers like Descartes, yeah, um, is that extending that subjectivity to humans mm-hmm. is great, but there's this weird gap where they don't also extend it to animals. But logically, wow. but logically, okay. we all know yeah. that animals are not just objects. Mm. There's that. That's sort of the claim that he's making, and the argument that I'm making about the novel. It's sort of complicated, but the, no- the, the argument that I'm trying to make about that set of novels is that what Danielewski is attempting to do is create a novel that, um, that tries to imagine the animal as a subject and not an object, but mm-hmm. at the same time doesn't presume that it can know what an animal is thinking. Because we don't. Right. We have no sort of recourse to that experience. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not connected like that. Um, so that's kind, of, that's kind of what I'm talking about with that. Um, hmm. That's deep right there, man. I mean, because shit, animals getting tired of being mistreated in these streets, you know? <laughs> Their souls and spirits, too. You know? But do you think we as society put dogs up on up a higher pedestal than humans? And put, like, animals? Like, I mean, is there, like, a line that we got to draw somewhere? Or do we should we just keep them on the same level as humans? You know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's complicated. Like, I mean, I know if it comes, if it's to me and I get to choose between, like, you know, if I get to choose between, like, my dog dying and my like sister dying. I know, <laughs> I know which decision I'm making. You know. Yeah. Um, I know. I don't know when that would ever be a choice. Yeah. Some people would, you know, be like, well, sister, um, it'll be okay, okay when you go to heaven. You know, um, you know, like some people, I don't know, bloody pets. I don't know, man. But I, I, I found, I found that this country they revere dogs. They put, let like, me look at Mike Vick. You know why hunting? Really? I feel like Western society, so much of Western society. It's predicated on hunting and hunting companions with dogs. I see, and I think I think me and Preston have talked about this. Is how if you look at okay, I, I remember reading this in a book, and it was talking about the the Ivy League community, just the Ivy, just the elite, the elite of America and the elite of Western Europe, and how they were literally a different breed. Of human being because of the way that they had been raised and their, their blood and then also that what they had their disposition and their temperament and the way that they almost like dogs they had been the way that they expect to live their lives and and what they put into life and what they get from it is completely different from say some midwestern coal mining family yeah. right because of their experiences the collective experience mm-hmm. so in that same way people in like western society are like Obviously, they're still human beings, and there are some universal qualities that all human beings share. But, like, people from Western Europe and, like, the East, people from the West and people from the East and people from, like, the Southern countries and people from the Northern countries are completely, to me, seem like different breeds. And what I have noticed is, like, in Western society, dogs are definitely, like, a huge part. And I think if we're going, like, if we look at this from, like, an evolutionary perspective, evolutionary mm-hmm. perspective, it has to do with hunting and how for ye- for de- for millennia and for generation after generation, dogs were used as hunting companions. Yeah, when there's maybe like a cultural buildup yeah. along along with that, maybe, for me, more maybe more so than an evolutionary one is like, mm. just if, if your society is yeah. treating, I mean, horses too, right? We sort of yeah. hear horses society is treating these animals as if they're like part of the family or something like that mm-hmm. for so long that it sort of becomes ingrained in right. the way that you like raise your kids and all that stuff right right i find it really weird sort of going back to the idea that like we like put 
maybe like like dogs too much because I think we treat them badly in certain ways and that will like mm-hmm. we have to like pay attention to that. But right, I most get, definitely. I'm always like suspicious that people like if they're really nice to their dog and like love their dog or love their cat or their horse or whatever, yeah. think that like that makes them good people. <laughs> but like no matter how they treat other people, right? Like you're, if you're nice to your dog, yeah, it's that bubble. It's that weird kind of like exactly family thing. I would, I would, pro- I have a problem with that sometimes because, like, yeah, I mean, I don't know what the deal is with cats because I'm pretty sure the cats I had were spiritual guides for me. Yeah, they just checked out. They checked out because it's like you know, you wasn't feeding them. He's malnourished and he's hey, playing hey, soccer. That's too not much. true. No, 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 no. no. Okay. That's not true. They got Jack by Cody's. I love cats. <laughs> they don't, they don't do anything. It's amazing. Well, they take care. Of, I no, my I can definitely feel the lack of catness in my house right now. The presence of a cat is very needed. Yeah. You don't have no cats at all. We're getting, we're looking for one, but we want to get two at the same time, and they and we want to get them when they're kittens. Two at the same time. That's that's kind of divine in itself. Yeah. So they of, don't have to go outside. So that they can. Of the two cats on like in, the, in, the, in Egypt when they're like sitting on the, the square. Dude, the guardians. I feel like, come yeah. on, come on. The Egyptians kind of knew what they were talking about. You like cats? I like cats. I don't like the smell of them though. So I don't <laughs> what? What are you talking about? I I mean, you know what the damn what you talking about? Pissy cat smell. Yeah, I don't like cats smell that. Smell like a trailer park home. But I like cats. I like other people's cats a lot. Yeah, cats are dope. Cats, mm-hmm. are, cats to me seem connected to riding. They're also kind of bitchy like though. Them. They have like this sense of entitlement. Because they're. I know, like, like that about them. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, like, Same. It's funny though. Yeah, it is funny. It's like what you're being like a bitch for no reason. Like come on, <laughs> like what the fuck? Like you know what I'm saying? You can't just be cool like a dog. You want to be all stuck up and shit. You know, you, you're you're in the projects like me. Like, don't act like you're in Beverly Hills, motherfucker. That's what that, that's the thing. <laughs> you know they're just that confident, and they know that they're worth yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, so I, they don't I, care. I, you know, they don't care. Fake it till you make it. You know, that's a spiritual law. True. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. fake it till you make it. What's been the hardest part of this PhD PhD journey? Yeah, it's it's like kind of this intangible stuff. Um, like you know, like. Y'all heard of imposter syndrome? You know what that is? I know what an imposter is. Kind of. Is it where you don't think that you're the person who should be doing the work? Yeah, like when you have a job or like you're in a position and you don't think you deserve to be there. Yeah. Mm. I wouldn't say that I've ever like had it, had it. But it's like, it's this sort of like creeping right, cause, thing. Because you always are just like, wait, am I, is this like just a fluke? Like, do I really deserve to be uh-huh. here? Uh-huh. You know what it is. What is that? It's, he's hitting all green lights and he's like, how is life getting this easy? How am I this good? It could be part, yeah. I mean, no, that's exactly like, what dude, it is. is. Yeah, it happens. Waking up, I'm living my dream right now. Yeah. I'm about to be a freaking professor. You better not self-sabotage. Don't self-sabotage, man. Yeah, that's, no, and that's the danger. Right? Leave the hookers and the, all the drugs. Yeah. Leave it alone, man. It's going to be it. Yeah, that's that's a thing. Um, and there's a lot, I mean, the job market's also terrifying. Mm. So, like, and that's one of the reasons I'm trying to publish stuff it's competitive? right now. It's so, it's so competitive that it's, like, that's a, that it's an understatement. Yeah. Um, it's like it's just really really hard to get a job because there's mm-hmm. not a whole lot opening up for a ton of reasons mm. um, a lot of programs sort of around the whole country are yeah. going more and more to adjunct positions What's that mean? rather than tenure track positions so like a tenure track position is tell like them about this bullshit administration what, what bureaucratic of, yeah go tell them yeah, I mean, yeah, tell them everything yeah it's like a really complicated um, system uh, and one I mean one of the reasons that universities are getting so expensive is because they're all trying to keep up with each other in these like really weird ways, yeah. and they're increasing the sort of like the amenities that students get okay. and all that stuff to yeah. sort of attract try to attract students because it's on this like consumer model, um, 
you know, they're trying to attract students as customers in a lot of ways. Wow. So everybody's um, just a number, a number for real. Yeah. And, and, and profitability is, yeah. is of concern in a lot of cases. Um, but shouldn't, shouldn't that be so, what you expected at, at a big school like this? Yeah. No, dude. Well, no, no, not yes, at all. If you, if you ascribe to the logic of yeah, exactly. people who are running the schools, yeah. but if you ascribe to a more sort of like, I don't traditional know you call it, like, view of, or traditionalist view of education, yeah. it shouldn't really be about money at all. Yeah. yeah, dude, 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 well, they're turning this place into a goddamn mall. There's real? Habit, there's a Habit, there's a Subway, there's a for Coffee real? Bean, there's a Barnes & Noble, we got Starbucks, we got Panda Express. You can't even really buy books at the Barnes & Noble. Which Why not? Is also a thing. It's not? It's just like a gift shop. Wait a fuck. You can buy your school books there. Dude, they got a hundred, dude, they got a hundred, they got a hundred. I can't go in there and buy the secret. Dude. Risk that poor dad. $120 frames, dude, for your diploma, $120. For the frame, like Robin. no, I'm out. I call my my cousin them. They do frames. I'm gonna get one from them for like forty five. A frame is like ten bucks at Marshalls. I don't know what yeah, the fuck that part too. These people are like these people have lost yeah. their mind. They've lost their mind. They've yeah. lost their mind. And whatever. Sorry. Yeah. Well, so an adjunct is like you get um, you. So you're not like an employee. Well, you are an employee, but you're not like so. Like tenure track is like you have a job and. It's, yeah. You know, after four or five years, mm-hmm. you go under review, and if they give you tenure, that means it's like it's your job, and they don't get to take it away from you unless there's like layoffs or unless you do something really terrible. Okay. Like, gotcha. you know, like do like <laughs> I don't know, like do drugs on campus or something like. Yeah, just some, something that you ain't you know you ain't got a business. That they're gonna like fire you. For. Yeah. Okay. Um, gotcha. And so that's that's a tenure track position. That's the thing that most people want because um, there's security in it, and you get paid, and you get right. benefits and all that stuff. But adjuncting is when you get like, sort of like classes at a, a, sort of like in a freelance way. Mm-hmm. So you get paid like three thousand dollars or something like that. Like oh, that's class. cool. Um, Dude, but that's not, not enough. enough not enough um, at all. You oh have, my god, you know, that's so, good. You teach, so you teach four classes. <laughs> you know? It's not like a bonus. You I'm like, oh yeah, yo, so so yeah. I get to go in for like two hours and get three thousand. Okay, so I'll yeah, do. I'm doing this for a that. whole quarter. Oh, that's for like okay. A whole semester okay. Or a whole See, I got to pay rent three thousand, three thousand. That's, that's nothing. That's yeah, nothing. that's and, a car note and the rent. You no don't much. get benefits, right? You don't get like, if you're lucky, you maybe get benefits, but most of the time you don't get benefits because you're not a full time employee. So basically, you got to sell drugs on the side. My question is: this reversible? Some people have second jobs. Yeah. Or or they te- or they do multiple adjunct positions at different schools. That's too but much. It's driving. like having like three part time jobs, right? Yeah, that's um, a lot. Yeah. Is yeah. this reversible? Do you think? It, or are we too far gone? There's, I mean, it's really, really complicated. But there's, I mean, it could be if the schools started thinking about. Honestly, this is having a picture. This dude is having a picture of ginger. <laughs> you have a real, you have a real you picture. Like, <laughs> How much sugar is in that? Hey, don't worry about me. And my diabetes, dad. Shit. It's uh, it's a few over here. It's like 35, 36 grams of sugar, but it's okay because it's Canada Dry and Lemonade mixed together. Shout out to Canada Dry and Lemonade, Ginger Ale Lemonade. It's good for your stomach, though. Yeah, exactly. Ginger, yeah, you just I chew on ginger. I'm not gonna get colon cancer now. (laughs) You get sugar Mm -hmm. cancer though. Anyways, good start. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's reversible in the sense that if I mean, people can start paying their employees better. Mm-hmm. Well, no, but it, it seems like a cultural. It, it seems like a cultural issue, not an issue of money. Yeah, it's. I mean, misappropriation of money, definitely. But yeah, I mean, it, I think it's a cultural issue. I would, I would really like to see. I mean, I'm not, I'm not really in a position to do anything about it. Um, but I would like to see the focus be less on, on uh, students as consumers. I think it's bad that students think of themselves as consumers. Mm. Yeah. Too. Um, Why? Because you, you're, you're at a university trying to be a boss. You're trying to think of yourself yeah, like in a, it, 
like, you know, I don't have this problem with any of my, like, individual students, but I see it in the sort of larger... Collective idea. Oh, okay. You know, if you come, you know, that, like, you're paying money Mm -hmm. and that, therefore, you deserve X, Y, Z. I don't pay you to be a cisgendered male, like, professor. Yeah. I hear a lot of that attitude. Or, like, yeah, or here, or, you know, like, um, I, you know, not thinking that, um, you know, that they're getting their money's worth or, like... Yeah. Again, this isn't my students at all, but... um, He's like, not me, I'm good. (laughs) Yeah, but this is, like, a thing that happens. Um, Or, you know, just, like, I've, you know, at other institutions I've been at, I've heard of students being sort of, like, looking down on their professors because they don't make that much money, right? That kind of... That is insane, dude. This is is the teacher. This is the uh, the Amorpheus. Wow. And, like, it's okay. Like, I I don't personally want to be, like, put on a pedestal, but I do think that, like... I do think that it's important that we think of we think of education outside of just like this is an investment that you put money into and mm-hmm. then you get something out of it because it, to me it's more about like and it's not just for building skills either like yeah. here's the I'm going to give you some money and you're going to return you're going to hand me back some skills like I think it's in, in an ideal It's more world, intangible. It's, more it's intangible. less tr- it's transactional. More about, it's more about learning how mm. to think. Yes. Um, critically think. That's yeah. like and again like uh, maybe the problem is that we have. Maybe the problem is that we pay for college. Period. Because you, mm. um, you start. To you, it, 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 yeah. you need it, it distracts from the situation. I mean, it I mean, is, it's expensive, right? I mean, yeah. I paid forty thousand dollars a year for my undergraduate education. Right. A year. Yeah, and I got a scholarship, so it ended up being probably half that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, when you're paying twenty thousand dollars, I guess it was more accurately to say twenty thousand dollars a year. You're paying twenty thousand dollars a year from. For something you, I mean, I'm not sure that it's right to say that you're entitled to expect something in return. You don't want to mm. think it's unfair. Yeah. Because it's um, almost like this idea of ownership, and it's like I pay for this. Yeah, I mean yeah. they are paying for it, right? And that's yeah, so that's another yeah, problem. That's Instead of like this being, I feel like professors should be grabbing students by the scruff of the neck and manhandling them, not physically but mentally. So you're basically saying they just they don't really they're not engaged with them. Like no, no, no. I'm saying because of the situation, the culture around it, financially, mm-hmm. people are not learning. Like that's like I mean, if you go to college just to learn, you're you're putting a lot of money on the table in order to learn. Right, right. right. Um, Isn't that the point though? It should be right, yeah. but you start to wonder if, if that's a wise decision financially, and mm-hmm. so then, and I think as a result, you start thinking of college as an investment. That's the conundrum. Which is, which is a problem, too. I think mm. with also because there are other factors like, will I be able to get a job? I still got to live my life. The yeah, economy is not... Dude, t- is this is a fraternity investment? You know what I mean? So people, I mean, like, people go to college and they and they, be, they 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 see it as a numerous invest various investments that they can get into. I would think a fraternity and a sorority is an investment. Because here it is, you're solidifying yourself into a job. I feel like, I feel like that frat. I feel like that frat and sorority is more of like a. That is more. There's they're more honest about what that is and how it like that is more. The frat is and sorority is like a a section of school where that that transactional idea is appropriate. Because like you're buying your your way into a club that is promising you like that is that is the thing. Mm-hmm. But college fundamentally is about growth. Yeah. Um, intellectual growth. We're, we're turning it into something. He's a sexual growth. Sort of intellectual. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like sexual growth. Hold on. And and I mean, there's a lot to be said, too, for the sort of, like, history of colleges because, you know, in the 19th century, for example, it was only that, like, elite white dudes could go to college. And yeah. it was about growth back then. Yeah. And 
and it really, really was about growth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure that that's those like, I don't not particularly want to be nostalgic for that yeah. either. They, because there was a lack. I mean, because it was limited. Act, I mean, it was exclusive access. That's what I'm saying. Okay, I I th- I think they had it. Why you whisper, man? We we <laughs> the fans are coming or something. I think they got it right back then, obviously. But there was a few things that they got wrong, like they did not include minorities or women. But I th- but obviously I think we've gone way too far gone with this whole thing. Sorry, the headphones. Damn. I can hear myself speak. So I just, <laughs> no why, why the midnight love voice though? No, I'm telling you, they've <laughs> gone too far years. gone. Those guys in here, how? I say we need to find a happy balance between the two. Reintroduce philosopher kings and all the aristocrats. You gotta find the good. You gotta find the good philosopher. No, honestly, I think that's the hard part. That's the, the hard part, I'm and not also. Sure it's I think people have been convinced to do shit that they are not happy with. Like, plumbers, being a plumber is a very important job, but society tells us that it's a bummy job. So people do not want to be a plumber. They shit and piss all day, dog. And spiders and snakes. More than that, they work with piping. Piping and the network inside of our houses that keep it, that keep it, like, not afloat, but the opposite. The opposite of afloat. That they keep it working. That's an important job, dude. If you didn't have a plumber, what happened if, if your plumber was not the garbage man? What would happen if garbage just piled in your house? Then you'd be considered a hoarder and you'd be on A and E. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. That like these are important jobs, but society t- t- tells us or convinces us that some jobs are more important than others, and so people are unhappy with doing what they really want to do, and so there's this. There's a self-loathing, and so they jump the gun and they go to college when they're not supposed to go to college. Whereas the only people supposed to be going to college, people like me and Preston, and maybe crew, philosopher kings. What do you want people? To, yep, that's a fact. That's a fact. What do you want students to get out of your class? What do you want them out to of, take away? Out of my class? Yeah. Um, it's lots of things. I mean, I think that. I think that. I just want them to be. I want them to forget a lot of the stuff they learned in high school. Um, a lot of the bad habits and a lot of the stupid rules. Because they didn't know, sh- they school. learned shit in high school anyway. Yeah, and, and, then, and like there's things too that are just like formally really uninteresting that, that people learn in high school, like the five paragraph essay, for example. Mm-hmm. Dude, um, it's so basic. Yeah. And, and, and limited. Sorry. And no, it's limited. Sorry, and it's like, um, and I often, you know, I often have to like repeat over and over that I don't want that. Yeah. Um, and. And so that that sort of like oversimplification that yeah. that started I think in high school started out as a simplification for a purpose mm-hmm. has become like this rule that now every now people just think that's how you write, mm. um, including some high school teachers from what I've from what I've seen mm. think that you know this is this is how you write an essay. So they don't know no better. Thinking of it as like a simplified version of what an essay is. Right. Maybe they, I mean maybe they know better, but they just don't think about it a whole lot. Yeah. Or, um, I don't know. So really how, how do like, teachers stay in touch like that? It's, it's weird. I don't know. I feel I feel very strange about. I feel very strange about it because like I remember, my high school teachers, sort of expressly explaining to me that, a five paragraph essay is a type in a, in a genre that's like not the only way to write. Mm. Um, in that like when you get to college you don't need to do this anymore. Wow. Um, it's supposed to be a college prep. High school supposed to be supposed to be college yeah, prep. Yeah, but. And, but I'm not sure how much that's just my experience and, yeah. you know, not. But so that's the thing. I, I mean, I, I try to help my students understand that writing is like writing can be like a billion different things. And they're really right. all the rules are made up. Um, there's mm. uh, there obviously exist for a good reason sometimes, mm. but we can be sort of like free to break them when 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 it helps right. us be persuasive or something like that. Yeah. Um, 
so there's that. And I also just want my students to be able to, um, I mean, it sounds kind of cheesy, but I just want them to be able to say what they want to say effectively. Um, gotcha. However. No, that's so important. That, Simple, like, simply and concisely and yeah. effectively. Yeah. And, and like, however that comes out, you know, mm. um, but it's hard to do. Um, Especially with bad training. Cause you have to undo the bad training. Yeah, and it's hard, and, and this is a thing, so, like, I read this article pretty recently that's kind of interesting, it was, like, this, about this history professor talking yeah. about, he gives this test where he sets, he ha- gives two options on the final exam, you get to pick between one and two questions, and the first one is, like, you get to, it's, like, you know, explain the, everything that happened at the Battle of Waterloo, yeah. uh, step by step, just sort of tell me all the stuff that happened and why, right. and then the next one is, like, pretend you're Napoleon, and write about, and you're about to enter the Battle of Waterloo. You're about to like begin the Battle Battle of Waterloo. Mm. Like, what do you do? What are you thinking? Like, you know, what what's your next step? Like, how do you think this is gonna go? All that sort of like speculative, more subjective yeah, stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, and People, what the teacher says is both of these require about the same amount of understanding of the actual history, mm. and one of them is clearly more fun to do than the other. Right. But the students in a, always choose his students in a factual. sense out of like. Because they, it feels more secure and it feels yeah. like less of a risk, they will pick the sort mm. of dry, boring one. Mm-hmm. When they can sort, of, they know they can just list it and not have to mm-hmm. worry about potentially failing. Right. Um, and I think sometimes it's our job as teachers to not just say to our students, "I want you to take risks," but also to not punish them when they do. Right. 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 Um, okay, with that, the rating system. Right. That's, that's key. Um, and so that that's really hard to do when you're in a when you as a professor when mm. you're in a place where um, you you have this dual you have this dual responsibility to your students. So like on the one hand, you don't want to like you don't want them to um, you don't want them to not learn anything. You don't want them to take so many risks that they don't learn anything. Yeah. And at the same time, you want you don't want to like stifle their creativity. So it's difficult to like balance that. And because grades, I mean, if you're in a place where they don't give grades, you can sort of you can maybe get around that more easily, but most yeah. places give grades. Um, and you can't, you know, you can't give your students A's if they don't write A papers. Wow. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to punish yeah, them for I, taking risks. So it's a very delicate balance. Wow. It's not for everybody. No. What's your age, what's the age range, age, age range of kids you got? My students are, I don't know, I don't know their ages. Um, I mean, like, it's like, a, like there's not really freshmen. A, okay. Um, so, so like, you know. It's pretty. 18, 19, 20. Pretty typical freshmen. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So they're fresh into the game. Okay, that's cool, man. I mean, man, you you are you are in control of tomorrow's leaders, man. So don't don't take that lightly. Yeah, I try not to, and yeah, it's. I mean, I really I do it because I like doing it. Um, there, I like writing. I like talking about writing. Yeah. So I get paid to force a bunch of people to sit down and listen to me talk about it. So before we leave, do we do we get any? Do, uh, what's your like favorite top three books of all time? Top three books. And advice. In a, in a um, so, book that I really love is 2666 by Roberto Bolaño. Um, okay. Was that, the, was that the one with, it's like red lettering? Is that the one where it was, what, what is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's the, it's okay. got a sweet cover. That's why I bought it. Yeah, I have that. I have yeah. that. But I never read it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah the reason I picked, ever picked that up is I just picked it up in a bookstore because I had a sweet cover. And, I, <laughs> and now it's like one of my favorite things. Yeah. Why? Um, it's just a crazy book. I don't even know how to describe it. It's super long, and a bunch of stuff happens, and it, it changed the way... It ruined all other fiction for me. 
mm. because it's just so weird and out there and yeah. like okay i'll open it then um mm-hmm. it's really good um okay 26 like what is it 2666 yeah. okay okay um i don't know it's hard to pick favorites um i really like i really like divine comedy okay i'm reading that right now um, who's, who's that, that by dante Dante, uh, okay. he sound black. Is he black? No. Okay. <laughs> Dante, Dante's Inferno. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I know, nigga, I know, a dude named Dante. That's why I'm like, you know, shout out to Dante. Tay, Tay, I see. You. Anyway, 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 my bad. It's okay. too funny. All right. Dante. I don't know about a third one. Okay. Dante, Dante. is he black? <laughs> <laughs> no, I know some Dante. I don't, you know, back home in Chicago, I know Dante. No, that's a good. One. But uh, you know you don't have a third one. I don't think I can do it. Having okay. maybe just, just some advice, man. Just some advice. Yeah, advice. As far as like you know, um, not, you know, not like the typical following your dream shit, but like, you know. Um, I mean, as a writer, as a writer, as, as a an writer. artist, and because I need to get, I need to start writing more. I need to start writing down my journey more and get into a journal more. Like, yeah, my advice. Then this and I, this is my advice that I give to myself a lot when I'm writing mm-hmm. is because all kinds of writers really like to give advice. Yeah. Um, and so my advice to writers is to not listen to anybody else's advice. <laughs> and, just, and just do your own shit. Hey, you That's heard it from one. the man himself. That's That's good one. Big press. Hey, thanks. Thank you. Thank PhD you very much. Master. Thank you very much. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Man, thank you, man. It's a party either way, man. Episode, or should I say chapter 30. I'll be doing chapter 30, yeah. Yeah, I love chapter it. Chapter 30. We out, man. Thanks again, man. Thanks, yeah, President. Thank All right, peace. Oh. Yo. How's it going? Can we get music? Can we get music? Paperback writer. Oh, the beat.